Welcome to Comics Experiment. Oh, but it's actually Absolute Comics. As many of you know who watch the various podcasts that I produce here at the Comic Story and Podcast Network, there is a show called Absolute Comics in which me and Sal sit down to talk about the latest, greatest news in the comic book industry. Right now, San Diego Comic-Con at home is happening, which means that we have a lot of news to talk about. So instead of doing a Comics Experiment, since there was nothing to tie that episode into, we decided to once again bring you a news roundup with my news co-host Sal from Comic Pop, where you can find him having long-form discussions about comic books with his co-host. This episode is brought to you by The Sandman over at Audible, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in the middle of today's episode, but if you want to check it out, it's audible.com slash The Sandman. Come on, guys. It's Sandman on an audio drama. I didn't do it, so they got to do a better one. Like that, like I, I, they gotta do the better one. That's what I'm talking. Anyway, anyway, yeah. absolute comics. Uh, yeah. So uh, next week we'll be back to a normal episode of Comics Experiment. But because San Diego's happening, Sal and I are going to go through some of the latest, greatest news, um, which is our first topic. Sal, why is this list so short? Because a, it's San Diego. Uh, I found that the split, like. Marvel going all Disney and being like, well, if anything's interesting, we'll do- we'll drop it at D23. And DC being like, eh, we got this fandom experience. There's no way we should drop anything that's of any import over on San Diego if we have our own entire San Diego Comic-Con coming up. Right. That being said, they did drop a couple of things. The- Plus, of course, the San Diego Comic-Con is at home at Comic-Con at home, yeah. where it's all pre-recorded panels, nothing live, nothing impactful. Oh, but also there were the Eisners, which were hacked. And so <laughs> everyone who won is kind of questioning whether they actually got their Eisner or whether they kind of just got their Eisner because of voting inconsistencies. One winner actually relinquished their Eisner. Last night was like, did they? I didn't earn it. I I don't want to wonder if I deserve this Eisner, so I will not accept it. And I was like, dude, take the win. <laughs> I would. Right? I mean, like, I would say, like, it sucks that I can't be 100%, but that's going on my shelf. Yeah, exactly. I got one. Uh, but we'll talk yeah. a little bit more about the current state of San Diego Comic-Con, if we think it's going to be continuing next year, if this may be the official de- the nail on the door, like what happened with E3. We're going to discuss all of that yeah. afterwards, just in case you wanted to know what actual news came out. Let's start with the news, and then we'll do speculation and opinions, all stuff about the current state of Comic-Con and the fact we're still doing these v- virtual things without the proper sets. And we'll talk about all that at the end, okay? So Sounds good. Let's start at the top. DC's next event, Endless Winter, will begin at the end of 2020. It's been confirmed to be the next major event with specific details not being released. Now, yep. I was going to say, isn't this going to collide with Death Metal? I don't know when Death Metal will end. Uh, if we're on issue two, how many issues of Death Metal are we getting? Six? I'm looking right now because it's on the wiki because uh, he, good, uh, good, Scott good. Snyder put it out. And uh, by the way, if you wanted to know more about Scott Snyder's opinion about uh, death metal and uh, see us interact with him, you can watch the last episode, which was on your main channel as well. Yep. You again. So if you don't like Sal, wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people being like, done. But yeah, no. Um, Endless Winter, I don't know if it's going to coincide with it, collide with it, or overlap with it, but I know that... Endless Winter is probably the thing that they whipped up during the three-month break because 5G ain't happening no more. And I'm still seeing people go, hey, wait a minute, wasn't 5G supposed to happen? Where's 5G? And I'm like, I know. Dude, 
it's over. Yeah, it, it ain't happening. It's just not happening. I'm looking at the release. No. Um, so Death Metal 6 and 7 will release in November and January. Oh, so and this is going to happen in at the end of... Tw- so December. So yeah, it will overlap with Death Metal. The question is, will it make sense or is it going to be one of those... Ugh. You see, it's it's your 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 damned if you do if you damned if you don't. Where if it let's say it takes place after death metal, you could have a secret war situation where if there's any delays, you've just ruined the ending of this event. Right. Or it doesn't matter, and so people don't care about endless winter because really the main event is still death metal. I wonder if so. Death Metal 6 will come out December. That's when De- De- Endless Winter is supposed to start. Yes. <clears throat> what if to try and not lose people at the end of Death Metal, they're giving right. us all the Endless Winter preludes? That would be smart. You know, to kind of hype you for it. Right. Like, technically, without... Endless Winter 1 will release in December. But what if Endless Winter 1 directly ties into what just happened in Death Metal number 6, yeah. and it doesn't spoil anything? It's basically... Death Metal is going to end next issue, but before it ends, this is the kickoff of the next thing. So kind of like right. when DC Metal ended and we went to Justice League No Justice, what yeah. if they, they started up cut like at the same time as they were ending? Like Makes maybe, sense. Maybe to prevent the disconnect. Right. My and to keep is people excited. Yeah. Right? Because like people are going to spend their money on an event conceivably that's why we have right. events and scott Sander did tell us they're or they're far enough in advance they're not worried about delays right and so. that's so smart and so great and hey endless winter could be the thing where it's like well we had three months we developed this remember neither marvel nor dc furloughed any of their artists or writers so like for two months of no comics people could have been doing an entire event yeah that they're waiting to put out in december That'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what the hell Endless Winter is. I remember somebody, when when we delayed the recording of this episode, somebody was like, talk about Endless Winter. And I'm like, there's nothing. We, we know what it's called. And I think there's we can kind of presume. There's not even any superheroes in it. No, like, it's, just a, it's just a logo. Art, yeah, the promo art is just a logo. There's not even a, like, normally with an event, they'll be like, death metal. Look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. This was like, yeah. Endless Winter. Font. <laughs> it, it looks like it, it. It looks like the subheading for Frozen Three. Oh no! Like oh, Frozen no. Three, Endless Winter. <laughs> I, it really does look like that, and I'm like, okay. Are they I mean, putting like, Elsa really... on the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, this is the DC Marvel crossover you did not expect. <laughs> I don't know. I I I know somebody was like, "Isn't this just Final Night 2? And I'm like, "We don't know anything about Endless Winter." You know, it, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm okay with this. You know what's fun about this idea? Endless winter. Everything's cold. The earth's gonna freeze. Whatever. That feels like like a like an event or a story that really kind of doesn't do the thing that DC's been doing for the last five years, which is just like every event is the biggest thing, and everything's gonna blow up. The whole universe is gonna explode tomorrow. Unless the Just League act. Like, if it's like the the Earth freezes, eh, okay. Like, I, I, I'm, you know what? Just for the audacity of saying uh, everything's cold, I'm like, I'll check that out. Why not? <laughs> like, okay. You just want to punt it up? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm Man, totally in. Wonder Woman's feeling overly frigid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, Mr. Freeze could drill to the center of the Earth and freeze the Earth's core. Captain Cold could get nigh cosmic powers and freeze the universe. I don't know. I'm, I, I have what no idea what to expect. all the Cold Base villains team up? Right, and it's just it's just that it's just a team of cold villains, and and they're just they're just rolling like a like like a like a blizzard across the DC landscape. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm googling DC cold villains to see. Okay, so it's a combo of Captain Cold, Killer Frost, Mister Freeze, Icicle, Golden Glider, Ice, Mister Blizzard, and somebody called Snowman. Why is Golden Glider on there? Is she snow-based? She's just there because Captain Cold's there. She'll be the right. one non-ice-based villain. She just has a, co- she has a coat, and she's like, this sucks. <laughs> uh, apparently, Snowman is a half-Yeti, half-ice, half-man. Claws, Chris. That's three halves, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. He was the first villain on the countdown. What countdown? What are we... What the... Yeah, he's a real villain. <laughs> <laughs> he appeared in Batman 337. He kills two men wow. before facing Batman and eventually falling off a cliff. So he could be oh. around. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Wow. He's pretty generic looking, but like that means he's ripe for a redesign. He looks like a melting snowman. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we've figured it out. We call, we're calling it now. Main villain of Endless Winter is Snowman. <laughs> because you wouldn't see him coming. If, I think that sounds if great. If we're true, if that's true, what do we get? What do we get, Sal? What does the chat right? Uh, I, I don't know. What, what would the chat be? What's the, what's the chat in a position to give us? I, I feel like emotes. we should they get... Just t- to give us more emo spams. Yes. <laughs> Just just spam it with snowballs and, and icicles and, 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 and I don't know, more snow-based emotes. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Endless Winter. Woo! All right, so <laughs> Empire event will be the literal war of the worlds between the Kree, Skrulls, Kotati, and the Earth. According to Dan Slott, you'll see major ramifications for the Fantastic Four, for the Cosmos, and for the Magic, uh, magic Universe, the Marvel Universe, the entire Marvel Universe. Um, I read the first issue of Empire. I was not blown out of my socks like I was kind of expecting a Dan Slott major event to be. And I think the primary reason is he's doing Fantastic Four-centric event, which on one hand is cool. On the other hand, we just got them back, Dan. We don't want you making earth-shattering changes to them. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, at the same point, I will say it's Avengers Fantastic Four. So we're, we got a lot of big changes. We got a lot of uh, restorations of character from Empire. I'm, I'm the guy who digs Empire. I loved the prelude issues, the Fantastic Four and the Avengers Empire number zero issues. And I, I dug the first issue. Like you, I was a little underwhelmed or maybe not underwhelmed, but, but I was thrown off by how not epic this epic is right okay that's my problem it just kind of felt like a marvel story which again i don't want to like complain too loudly because i need marvel and dc to both like cool it for a minute like everyone needs to kind of like dial it down and are you aware of what death is doing (laughs) yeah i i well that's the thing is that like if death metal is doing its own thing and everyone just has to get out of its way but like if DC wants to do a story about where everything's cold and Marvel wants to do an interstellar war with two races that like, and, and tree people that are all going to die. Like I'm in, like that sounds kind of fun and it looks kind of cool. And I'm down for my heroes to unite and fight against a common enemy. And the enemy isn't themselves. 
That sounds nice. I, I'm, I'm okay with this. Especially because the Kotati are clear. Like, after Empire number one, we know who the enemy is. I don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't read Empire number one. But, like, we know who the enemy is for this event. We know what the stakes are. And we know who the players are. It's the Avengers of the Fantastic Four. I'm down. I think right. that sounds fun. Plus, like, you get the really neat idea of... It, there, there is a there is a new element of tree people who use plant based technology, including teleporters, and you're getting an X Men tie in. How will the Katati interact with Krakoa? Is there going to be a thing? Like I'm down for that. Are the islands going to have slot? sex? Inquiring minds need to know. <laughs> yeah, when are these trees going to have sex with each other? Because we've already gotten two islands totally boning thanks to X Men and Hickman. <laughs> Where, when are we? Maybe that's the end. Maybe the big surprise is that the Katati and Krakoa become an interstellar, interspecies tree thing. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it. I think that sounds fun. It just seems kind of like a standard Marvel event where my characters can act like the characters they're supposed to be and achieve a common goal of high flying superheroics and 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 battles. Okay. Like, like Gold the MCU. Shit. That's one thing I always find weird. The MCU always did like these two-hour button-up, we're going to go fight Ultron. Oh, no, there are some ramifications, but don't worry, the Avengers win kind of an attitude, right? I was, and then I was literally the, thinking about that. And you yeah. go to the comic book, and it's like, everyone's dead. It's all dark and dreary. It's going on for four years. <laughs> yeah. And in the middle of it, we're so dark, we're going to make a superhero named St- Safe Space and Snowflake. Why does nobody want this? <laughs> well uh, there was there was a lot of behind that but uh I, I, I you know what's funny i was just thinking about ultron today where i was like what a standalone movie ultron is like yeah. ultron technically is you know fueled by the infinity gem but like at the same time it's just like everything everything feeds into itself everything is connected and then it's like and how about this evil robot and <laughs> like at no point at the at the end game battle is no one like Remember when we just used to fight that big robot? Like, yeah, I know. He was like sitting in an island. That we're doing this whole time travel thing. Right, exactly. There's a lot going on. Yeah, in the time travel element, nobody's like, let's go back and not invent Ultron. Like, <laughs> no one wants to talk about Ultron, which I think is kind of fun. But, uh, but yeah, it's like MCU. But for me, it's more like old Marvel. Like, old Marvel where if there's a threat to the Earth, the heroes team up and fight it. Right. They don't fight each other or... It turns out one of them is a sleeper agent that blah, 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 blah. Like, and I, listen, I'm all for that Spider kind of thing. I like nuance in, in my story. <laughs> yes. But like, I'm all for that. And I, I like that idea. And, but like, if you do it too much, it all becomes kind of uniform and, and, and you lose your, your perspective. Your heroes are heroes. Treat them like it. Right. And Empire seems like a good palate cleanser for Marvel where it's like, hey, listen, we've had some missteps over the last few years. Here's, here, here's the Fantastic Four. All four of them. And here's the Avengers. You know, the ones you recognize. And they're going to fight aliens. <laughs> they're not going to pass legislation. They're not going to kill each other. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're just going to fight aliens. Well, you know what? It just I'm doesn't sound board. fun to me, Sal. I, I, no. no, it is fun. No, Trust me. This is not fun enough for me. I, I, I think I got to pass on this one. I got to. I need, By the I, way, I need legislation to be passed. Yeah, you need you need it to have like real world ramifications. I yeah. need to know about like, but, but, but can it be also a meta commentary on surveillance or like the or, or city states like or theology? Like, no, just make it about fighting aliens. This is the same thing. I remember during a time when everyone was upset at Marvel, 
they came out with this really cool event called Monsters Unleashed and nobody read it. And it was just like, what if the Avengers all teamed up and fought monsters? Like, and, and no one read it. And it's like, it's the thing you were asking for in the first place. Yeah. Monsters Unleashed was great. I loved it. It and looked then they cool. Tried to make a it was super, fun. It was good until they tried to make a superhero out of it. Like, oh, Kaiju yes. Kid. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> pass. No, Monsters oh, Unleashed. Kaiju Kid is, lives on an island until Marvel needs Kaijus again. <laughs> like, Mar- Monsters versus Marvel. That's what I wanted to see for a summer blockbuster. I don't want an ongoing series about, like, a kid who's in human power. First of all, in humans again? Ah, uh, but, like, you know, who's They're in human powers? He Donny Cates killed them. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he killed him dead. It was, I really enjoyed the death of Inhumans. Uh, okay, anyway. I got a quick question, because you, you mentioned like you might have... Is the comic book that involves Safe Space and uh, Snowflake going away? I assume it's canceled. Like, it was, it was, like, ever, ever, it was making all kinds of headlines. And, and for the record, I didn't see anyone siding with that comic. Because it, no. <laughs> it was like the crazy alt-right, like, comics gay people were like what is wrong with you marvel but then the, like right. the, the crazy left-wing SJWs were like you're just insulting us <laughs> yes yeah like don't patronize me <laughs> like i i remember all the announcements that they were doing interviews and they were all excited they're gonna have those two they're gonna have that kid that was a social media guy uh-huh. it, was like, it was a whole the whole yeah, thing screen was- time <laughs> i think with oh it just it it felt really forced it felt really arbitrary it, it felt disingenuous like yeah. nothing about it told me like this is a story that needs to be told it was like it it it, it even if it was meant with the most pure inter- like circumstance it sounded like the the like marvel's making fun of everyone and it was like that is not how you engender goodwill with your audience i almost felt like because they, they, all the interviews had like the, the, the editors and stuff in it. I almost felt like yeah. no one even wanted to own up to this project. They were like, CB Zanowski, right. you, you go talk about this thing. No one, <laughs> no one wants to talk about this thing. <laughs> yeah, they did have the, I think the writer was talking about it in one of the videos, in one of the most like notoriously downvoted videos in YouTube history. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, you had I mean, Kid was- Vampire or B Negative, I think was his name. Yeah, be be negative. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like Morbius' son, or, or or who know? Who cares? I don't think it's happening. If it is happening, you'll get like two issues, and then they're just gonna silently cancel it. Uh, it was like, screen time wasn't one of their names. It was. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm one of them had no. Like one of them was like uh, he got hit by internet gas, and so he could like constantly. Be, it's that he like you know we're we're trying to teach people about the dangers of screen time. There he is. It's screen time. Yeah, but but he it's endless screen time. For him it's screen time 24/7 and I'm like nothing about what you're saying is cool or fun. Like <laughs> the the li- they made me google this. So the the lineup was yes, it was oh, there was the girl oh, there was Snowflake and Safe Space, Screen Time, yep. B Negative, yep. uh Trailblazer. That was Trailblazer. Yeah, that was the I, I don't even I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm assaulting somebody, but I'm definitely not. But it looked like their right. attempt at faith. It was an overweight black woman who had a magic backpack. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. She had a magic backpack, and they were selling that like that's a really good idea. They're like, she's got a magic backpack, and I'm like, <laughs> cool. She played D and D. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, so? <laughs> I don't know. It just and like I, I can already feel the comments, and it's just like a bad idea is a bad idea. Regardless of your political leanings. Right. 
and and it just it just it felt a little on the nose. And it's like if you want to affect change or or evoke a feeling or uh, send out a message, you can do it with subtlety, or you could do it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and that's what the New Warriors was. And they were like, no, it's you know how the New Warriors was a team for the '90s. Well, this is a team for now. And it's like, yeah, but. Don't you know how dated it looks when you have a book it with al- a big starburst on it says the team of the nineties? Like you'll never sell that book. It it almost felt like uh, I, I don't I don't know how I don't even know how to say it. Like it, 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 the the whole idea just felt weird in general. Like and, it, and the yeah. fact that in order to describe the superhero, I had to preface it with it's going to sound like I'm insulting her, but I'm not. Like that yeah. should tell you the problem with that book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know who it's. Well, the thing is. You know who it's for? It's for people who don't read comics. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I hear you. And I understand because, listen, like, I hate to shatter anyone else's worldview out there, but, like, the comic book industry has been trying to get people who don't read comics to buy comics since it started. Yeah. So, like, don't feel like you're being left out because there's still going to be Batman and Spider-Man comics for you to pick up. But, like, at the very least, they went... Let's use new characters that are original, that are over here. Like, they they don't go, we're going to, tr- like, look at the difference between New Warriors and the Gotham High book, where they were like, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to get a very different audience that doesn't read comics and appeal to people who don't read comic books with these books. On one hand, we'll use established characters and make them completely different from what they usually are, so they fit a mold that people might appeal that might appeal to people who don't read comics. And on the other, it's like we're going to create whole new characters, and it's like you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. If you, like, what do you? What, what? How? How are they supposed to make their money? Are they supposed to make it by making Batman more appealing to like whatever demographic Gotham High is supposed to appeal to? Yeah. Or are they going to try and get people to read Marvel comics by making the New Warriors a team of characters that I I don't know who they're supposed to appeal to? Like, but if they're if they're making genuine efforts to do that, you know. You can't always fault them for trying. I don't and fault them point, for trying. I just felt like, it, it. to me, honestly, it just sounded like a bunch of 40-year-old comic book writers going, how are we going to get in touch with the kids nowadays? They and like the exactly internet, and they li- they, they're all about social justice, so let's make a team like that. <laughs> right. Like, Well, and I remember them talking about how like Snowflake and Safe Space were like their headliners because like they're like... People use those terms derogatorily, so we're going to own... Like, these are characters who own it. And I'm like, no. Like, you as, like, a 45-year-old man are not going to, like, take it back for the youth by making a character who has no agency or any expectations or any context within your universe and make them go, like, here I am and you better deal with it. Like, there's no weight to that, you know? It's one thing to do that, and it's another to be like... Here is a, a an engaging, interesting, fun, original, well-rounded black Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, like, that. that is another, like, element of, like, we're making something to appeal to everyone, but also to, like, reach out to a different demographic of comic book reader. And it worked. And it's like, one came from a genuine place of creativity, and it seems like the other one came from a, from a committee. That was like, check all the boxes. We're going to use all these names. We're going to use all these weird designs. And, and we're going to... Just just put them into boxes that we think are relevant for specifically this year. <laughs> like there's nothing there's nothing enduring or interesting about the new warriors, unfortunately. So alright, let's get back to the actual topics instead of a little rant about yeah. the new warriors. 
I know, right? Like that. And how long ago was that? <laughs> okay, so this uh, Exosaurs will have a lot. Uh, Exosaurs will have a lot to come for a certain mutant who doesn't get a who doesn't get the spotlight. Douglas Ramsey, aka Cipher. That's cool, but they also said it's not gonna end well, Sal. Exosaurs. I know. Gonna... I saw that quote, and I was just thinking <laughs> to myself, like, has it ever for the X Men? <laughs> yeah, I've I, I have yet to see a happy ending for the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, guys! The new X Men event. Things are gonna go shitty at the end. <laughs> we, we might kill an X Man. We got five hundred of them, so it might be one you right. know, might not be. There might be a gangbang because Jonathan Hickman's writing it. Uh, right, uh, a core member of of the X Men that you didn't think got got any kind of like limelight. Cipher, he's gonna be important. But you know, yep. we've also made like every X Men important right now because that's probably the one good thing Jonathan Hickman's doing. Where he's like, you know, what we don't need Wolverine in nine books. <laughs> right. One book, yeah. and it like comes out whenever it feels like it. I, I, okay, I have I'm no not idea what that's on that, right? Is. Like, I was thinking about the it other day. It feels like that. I've been, like, like the last week, I've been trying to play catch up on comics that started coming out, and I was tracking them. And I'm like, so we're on issue three of Wolverine. Like, <laughs> yeah, like how is that possible? How are we not on issue fifty already? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it feels like that. Um, I, I yeah. I, I, and for the record, we're talking about the X Men where death means nothing. Like, right? Jonathan Hickman took away the ultimate. Like, at least normally if someone died in the X-Men, we had at least six issues before they'd have a, a, an alien being take over their body and revive them. <laughs> yeah, but they did kill one. They killed one, and they were like, we can't bring her back, and we have no idea Wait, why. Wait, which one was that's that? That's interesting. Kitty Pride. Oh. See, that's how out of the loop I am as X-Men. One of my favorite X-Men died, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, they killed her in a book there's no way you were reading. And <laughs> But, like, in every other book where she might come up, they bring her up, and they're like, she's dead, and we've tried, and we can't bring her back. That's interesting. Like, that's actually interesting because we killed a character that you might care about in a world where death doesn't matter, but this time she can't. Why? Now it's a mystery. Right, right. Okay. Like, And that's pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, how could Ten of Swords end well? X slash Ten of Swords can't possibly end well because that's not where Hickman's stopping. It's not like Hickman's like, this is my final word on the X-Men. This is just the setup to the next big thing. This is time runs out for the X-Men. This is whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not the secret wars of X-Men yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. So, like, it's just another event that will be cool, but also ultimately play second fiddle to the big finale of Hickman's X-Men. Um, next up, related to that, the X-Turtles are returning as the High Lords, and they can only be killed with a sword through their heart, and there are ten of them. <laughs> There's ten swords. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, well, the X-Turtles did come back because they brought everyone back. Like, we saw them all in the big splash page when they all walked onto Krakoa at the end of Hawks or Pox. So, like... Yeah, we know. So I guess Ten of Swords is about the X-Men versus the Externals. Makes sense. That's cool. Um, Good. Moving down the line here, we have Darth Vader's new comic will tie into the rise of Skywalker. Oh. Why? I'm reading to see what it could do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Vader's going to do stuff that will be a part of a new quest or journey and tie into episode nine. Okay. So like something will happen in episode nine or like, you know, that we didn't Maybe see. Maybe he's going to set up Palpatine and how he got to there. That's all I could think. There of. you go. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I haven't read a lot of Darth Vader in a while. Um, 
it is a good like it has been a good series uh but you know i i I think the smart the smart money is on not referencing those movies anymore (laughs) i love i love the uh, amount of rumors floating around that d um they're gonna just get i've seen george lucas is coming back don't know why he'd want to I've seen Kathleen Kennedy's out and they're going to retcon out seven, eight and nine to which I'm kind of like, that sounds like a lot of work when Disney could just say, we're just done. Here's the new stuff, you know, like, (laughs) right. It's Disney. They did this to begin with. I don't think they're now, now in hindsight going, bro, we should have planned out three movies. (laughs) And like, why would Disney retcon out the movies they made when they could have started by retconning out the movies they didn't make? Yeah. And undo the prequels and just redo them. I don't don't know. It it seems like a lot. Like I get the fandom and I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan and I get the fandom, like the dream of like, please just bring us what we wanted. I get that. I 100% do. And if they did it and I'll bite my tongue and I'll be like, thank you. I will say that. I will. Yeah. I just don't see corporate entity Mickey Mouse (laughs) sitting around one day going, wow, guys, we really botched that whole Star Wars thing. Let's uh, let's just retcon them out. (laughs) Well, the, the worst thing is you can't even like do them effectively because if you were to realistically do like, okay, we're redoing seven, eight, and nine. Carrie Fisher's gone. Yeah. Lando will probably not be around by the time we do that. Harrison Ford's not going to say yes again. No, no. So like, okay, the, but you guys got to kill me again. <laughs> right. And and you got to, and you'd have to really massage the ego of uh, Mark Hamill. Cause like you did him wrong yeah. in those movies. And he straight up said, I'm unhappy with how you handle my character. Right. And, and, and we know you like working with JJ Abrams, who, as it turns out, is just a horrible architect for your, universe no, 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 because no. he makes a box and what's in the box is and you know what's in the box i don't know like it's he, just he it, didn't even tell ryan johnson <laughs> yeah you 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 can't i i like jj abrams's direct directing and i think he makes good movies i think that like if you eliminate the mystery box angle of them and just like look at them as like works of art it's like he he knows how to like set up action he knows how to pace things and he knows how to direct actors and that's what a director's supposed to do but if you like have a pl- like you need to if you're gonna plan a trilogy, plan it. Yeah. Set up what's gonna happen in the third one, please, before you start working on the first one. That's all you gotta do. Um, it's why I'm like kind of okay with JJ Abrams working on the DC movies, because I'm like, I think he knows from the failure of Star Wars that he can like He's done this multiple times. No, but like he didn't learn from Lost because he did the same thing as Lost to Star Wars. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. He's done this multiple times. I'm kind of yeah. surprised his star his Spider-Man book concluded. <laughs> it, it it didn't. Oh, wait, I'm not crazy then, right? It had, no, it just never came out. It was four out of five, and we just didn't get five. No, his and don't forget, like his son is working on it too. So it's not all J.J. Abrams, but uh, yeah. Also, if you just wanted to cancel wait, that book, is it no one would or miss done? it? I I don't. Well, it's not over yet. Like I don't think the issue came out, but like I doubt it's canceled. They put a lot of hype and money into that book. Oh yeah. They delayed the final issue again. It's just in a, it's on a, a an indefinite hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because they they just don't well they don't know when he's gonna come back and help his son write this this Spider Man book nobody asked for. It's not um, for the record. I don't mind it. It's just one of those things. It's not terrible. But it's it's like you said. Like no one asked for this. You're not making no. a new Spider Man. You're just making his son becoming Spider Man. It's a cool concept, but we've technically got this story with Mayday. 
Like this right. isn't a unique story. It's not a unique concept. It's not something we've never seen before. Mayday has no. been created like nine times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have yeah. We have Dan Slott's Mayday. We have Tom DeFalco's Mayday. We have like non-related to Peter Parker. You know, we got Aranya. We got three other Spider Women. Like no. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm not excited about Star Wars at this point. Um, I think the comics probably have a better shot of being interesting. Than the, the comics and the point. books have always been more interesting. Well, and Even in the George Lucas era, they were always more interesting. I gotta say, and, and I know this is like not... Like, I don't care who I piss off when I say the Mandalorian is great, but let me tell you something. Oh, it's amazing. The Mandalorian is, for me, one, like top three best Star Wars visual anything oh it is it like, is i think it takes it like it that is up mandalorian is up there for me as like i like return of the jedi mandalorian like that's, th- that's for me it's it's empire a new hope mandalorian i can't get jedi. behind this empire love i can't <laughs> everyone's like empire is the greatest whatever it starts in the middle of the story it ends in the middle of the story i think you only like it because it doesn't like, tell like a whole story it's just <laughs> no. I like it because it's excellently portrayed and all the character. It's such a it's such an expansion. Like A New Hope is a is a fairy tale, and then Empire Strikes Back is like here. It adds to it without diminishing it or making it like less exciting, and isn't afraid to give you new stuff. You know, nobody moves anything with the Force until Empire. I mean, I'm, I, I Empire does have its things. I just hate how everyone's like best movie ever. Like it's not. Yeah. I mean. Phantom I Menace, watch man. Empire. Phantom Menace is better than, fan, fan, than Empire. I'm just <laughs> those eyes. Yeah, I know you're. <laughs> I know what you're doing, and I'm not gonna get baited into it. You want to watch Spider Man Two after this? <laughs> I listen. I like Spider Man Two. Which one? Amazing Spider Man Two. Pass. Spider Man Two. You know. Don't you want to watch? Who doesn't love Alpha? Our trailer for movies that never became existent. That, that never- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just watch that loop of the end with that random guy walking past all the Sinister Six costumes. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I like that ending. Uh, sweet. All right, so moving on. <laughs> Yep, this is a fun episode. This is what happens. We we have yeah, almost yeah. nothing to talk. For the record, guys, Saturday we're almost done with our list. Like that's <laughs> how. That's why the next topic is going to be what happened. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible and their new Audible original, The Sandman. Based on the best-selling DC graphic novels written by Neil Gaiman and adapted and directed by Dirk Maggs, The Sandman is now available to listen to on Audible. Hailed by the Los Angeles Times Magazine as the greatest epic in the history of comic books, follow Morpheus the Dream Lord as he's pulled from the dream realm and imprisoned on Earth. When he finally escapes, he must restore his power to rebuild his dominion. And that's just the start. This audio adaptation is decades in the making and stars James McAvoy in the title role with a powerhouse ensemble cast, including Riz Ahmed, Kate Dennings, Michael Sheen, and more. Listen to The Sandman now only on Audible. Go to audible.com slash The Sandman to check out this amazing Audible original. That's audible.com slash The Sandman. Okay, so Darth Vader comic going to tie in. Excalibur writer speaks about co- uh, conversation behind the doors. It's not going to end well. We discussed that with discussing X-Men, so that's fine. So now we're at the yep. last topic. James Tynion talks about how he feels Batman had too much money and began begun overreaching with his gadgets and technology. He explains that he doesn't like Bruce Wayne being the wealthiest man on the planet and plans to return it to his original state during and or after the Joker War as just a wealthy individual, not having unlimited funds all the time. Uh I get what he's saying there. The only problem I'm going to have is 
is is is like Alfred or Alfred's dead right now. Is uh, Lucius going to be like, oh, you've spent your monthly budget, Mister Wayne? <laughs> right? Like, I, well, I I would assume that like you know, Tynan seems to be like paring it down a little bit. So like maybe Lucius will leave or not be involved or do something else. I don't know. It's hard. The problem with Batman getting back to basics and him being wealthy as opposed to super rich is that like you can't be Batman the way that we are accustomed to Batman today and not have him have unlimited funds. I mean, the Watchtower alone, the Hall of Justice. <laughs> I'm just saying like, <laughs> uh, maybe I got something. I'm not even, I'm not going to, I'm not going to crack the joke that everyone wants me to make right now, but no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I've been yeah. feeling tired, exhausted. I can't seem to get my, get my, like, seriously. I, maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah. I went out to the range. I shot some guns around oh. people. <laughs> Who don't believe in masks? <laughs> uh, well, then, yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk after the show. But yeah, I, I, I'm. No, you know what? I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna leave that on a joke. I don't want to leave that on a joke. I don't. Okay. I, I'm gonna make a quick statement about the masks fast. Since we did that, and it sounds like we're joking about it. Uh, sure. 100% do believe in masks. Here's the fact: yep. even if that only stops one percent of the potential contagions, that's one percent. And this disease not only does it kill people, but it, it also like athletes are laid up for entire years having to retrain. It it's like what I don't understand is the mentality of I don't want to wear a mask when we know that the transmission method is through saliva and through the air, so the yep. mask does prevent that. And then yep. like, dude, I don't want a cold. If you have the sniffles, <laughs> Sal, I tell you not to come over. That's right. Like, I've I've been like that before. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, like when I get a cold, I am angry at the universe. That's so, what I mean. Like I don't want a yeah. cold. I don't want the flu. I don't want any disease. So what blows my mind is the idea of, well, it's not that bad. I'm not going to wear a mask. Or my favorite, the Bill Gates conspiracies. But we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, but, no conspiracies for me. But like, but it just it just wear, blows my mind. Wear a mask. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just wear a mask because the fact of the matter is, even if it's one percent. Even if it's just to make other people feel better, you're not being a dickhead human being. It's it's a right. mask. Like, it takes two seconds to throw on and two seconds to take off. And and if you're watching the show, you like superheroes. Yeah. Haven't you always wanted to wear a mask? <laughs> like, when I was a kid and I got a Spider-Man costume, I wore my Spider-Man mask all the time. And now it's socially acceptable to at least wear the, the bottom half. I can look like Scorpion. Scorpion. Get over so, here. It's, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing just is shifty to me. Uh, like the yeah. attitude and uh, it's just so many things. But I, I just didn't want us to lead in with a joke and not, no. not and, follow. And, and, Cause I'm very adamant about the mask situation. Yeah. Natalie has a disease right. where she's susceptible to stuff, but even if she didn't, the fact of the matter is even if it only blocks 1%, I don't even want a cold. I don't want whatever you're passing around. And I live in an area yeah. where we're not having a surge and I still wear right. a mask when I go out. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're and well, and the thing is here in Jersey, like we're doing pretty well. We are, we, we've, we're doing, we're one of the few that are doing really well. And part of it is because we're all wearing masks and, and we're limiting our time outside. And, 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 and that's the only way. I mean, like, just if you look at the facts, if you don't want to get a cold, don't go outside and deal with people. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's just how it works. And wearing a mask is, yeah, like you said, if, 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 even if it only blocked a certain percentage and it, does and the fact is you know one if, you, if someone's not wearing a mask and you are wearing a mask you know it, it's it's not as effective if you're both not wearing masks and you're maintaining social distancing it, it, it's so much more effective it's so much better for everybody um you know obviously if you can the, the best case scenario is 
if you can if you can afford to do this, stay at home. Yeah. Do your do your shopping online. You know, like just limit the amount of interaction entirely. But uh, but the mask is is there are ways around it being uncomfortable. Uh, you know, oppressive. I've seen you know, a lot it's, of it's ideas a, like that to make it and. It, yeah, and it's not about like I I don't understand the politicalization of like not just being courteous but like being being like health conscientious. Like it's just about preventing diseases. Part of the reason why South Korea had such a lid on it was because mask wearing when you are ill is normalized. Yeah. And it's not political. It's just about like common courtesy. It's like when you wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Like part of the reason why people stress Wearing it, the reason why it's a rule that's on a sign at every restaurant you go to is not for them. It's not because it's like because we don't want you to get sick. It's because we don't want you to get other people. That, and that's sick. just it. It's about other people. There's the asystematic situation, but the fact that like I, look, I'll start to say it. When they say, "Oh, it blocks ninety percent of transmissions if you're both wearing a mask and are six feet apart," I don't believe that. But like I said, right. no, I don't. It's just way too high of a percentage. For that to be well, true, I, but I will say, even if it blocks one percent, if if I if I'll you tell it. me, hey Benny, you have a one in one hundred chance of getting other people sick if you don't wear a mask, yeah. I'll be like, okay, I'll wear a mask. Yeah. Like, it's, it's exactly. that simple. Like, so I, the reason I want the reason I want I didn't want us to leave off on a joke, but it also leads into no. our next topic very well, um, because San Diego Comic Con. What is going on? There is like Marvel right. and DC barely gave any news. They're moving on to their own conventions. And what I'm worried about is, is San Diego going to go the route of E3 now where they straight up canceled this year? And there's, there's the questions if this going to come back because Microsoft right. and Sony and everyone left. They're like, what, when your biggest names in your industry aren't willing to go to your show, what do you do? Yeah. Right. Well, and the problem I, I see is um, massive conventions particularly comic book related, uh, require the attendance and the participation of everybody because yeah. the industry is small. Yeah. So like Dark Horse and Image and Boom Studios and independent comic book artists and writers and merchants all get to go to this big, massive event that is not just a celebration, but also a trade show about comics because it's supported by the largest yes. arms of the industry, Marvel, DC, and those industries thereof. If Marvel and DC go, you know, we're so big, we really don't even need to participate in any of these conventions. That's going to hurt they the smaller are, industry. The, no one's going to... I'm not going to San Diego Comic-Con if they're like, come and check out the new Boom announcement. I can watch that from home. You know what I mean? But if I'm well, there, the I'll thing. go check like, out the new Boom announcement. But hell yeah. I'm not going... De room, board, uh, food, travel for the boot. Because also, yeah. unless writers and artists from Marvel and DC are on other projects, they're not going to be at the show. Right. It's going to be me the, and the, Sal walking around talking to indie artists, which not a terrible experience. Admittedly dope. But, yeah. it, but it's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every convention I've ever gone to, I have gone to at a loss. I've never made money at a convention. Right. Ever. And... It's just about networking and participating in the, the collaborative experience of a convention, which is worth, for me, a, a, a financial sacrifice. Yeah. 
matter of fact, I, I called you last year. So a lot of people don't realize You were this. almost not going to go, right? Like no, so, you were just well, like so last year, I've never gone to San Diego Comic-Con before last year and the argument was simple. We meet with people in New York, we meet with people in Baltimore. I didn't need network connections and if we don't have work, I don't like large crowds, guys. Like if you ever right. catch me at like at a con and I'm beelining across, it's because my PTSD's kicked in and I don't want to be there anymore. I'm not going to freak totally. out. I'm not going to cause problems, but I'm uncomfortable, so I leave. Um, yeah, that's it's all it is. So I don't like the idea of going to San Diego because of the amount of people that are there. I called up Sal last year and I'm like, dude, I made a terrible mistake. The amount of people and things that happen here and how big this is, we need to have been coming to this every year. I even told yes. you, even if we cannot get press badges and no one will give us badges, we are coming just to meet with people outside. Like yep. restaurants. And I literally called up and told them that. So I was a little sad when it was canceled this year and we couldn't go through with our plan of this being yeah. the first year Absolute Comics came out here. But yeah, yeah. But like it is it is imperative. And if Marvel and DC were to go, ah, we're too big for our britches. Marvel's got D23, DC. If this fandom experience works out, you can ex you can pretty much guarantee DC will probably not be doing conventions anymore. Yeah. Because they'll have their own convention that has that is entirely supported by the multinational conglomerate of AT&T and Warner Brothers supporting them. Yeah. Because, like, look at the fandom experience. They're like, it's unprecedented. You've never seen it before. But it makes sense because it's like, it's one company that owns all the shit. Why not do it all and put it all in one place? Like, why shouldn't Dwayne The Rock Johnson be support be, be talking about Shazam or Black Adam and Jeff Johns be there to go like, and by the way, you can pick up the trade and like, you know, get hype about all of it. Yeah. Like, and it makes perfect sense, but also there needs to be a kind of like sacrifice slash understanding that like we're all in this together and the industry needs you in order to justify its existence. I would go to a Baltimore Comic-Con if, because ba Baltimore's a little smaller, where if, if, if the, and by the way, Baltimore is like this actually right now, where Marvel and DC don't go to Baltimore, but Boom does. Like if Image and Dark Horse went to, went to Baltimore and that was the big show, you know, and, and artists and writers from Marvel and DC went just to kind of have their own booths. Yeah. Maybe that's a better experience. I don't know. But like it would kill San Diego and New York. And I think that like it depends on the numbers. I think that based on the, what we've seen of Comic-Con at home from San Diego, I, I don't see this being the new trend. But I think we should be really watching for whether the fandom experience and what and what DC or Disney does with D23. Yeah. And that'll be the real indication because like you said, E3 has been gutted as a result. I mean, like PAX is got too big for the britches. Do we really need a PAX South? Uh, no. Well, that was a complaint we had for a long time. Cause like I would go right? to PAX South. I would go to, uh, all PAX East, PAX, PAX West. Yeah, and like there was so no reason for any of them half the time. Or they would right. they would choke each other. Like PAX South had no point for being there because all the big games came out. No one's going to talk about any of them. Emerald City yep. would get some of them. Like Emerald City, I mean, what would you say? It was San Diego, New York Comic Con, and Emerald City. That was the yeah. three you well, should do because they were there was the spring, summer, and winter, fall time frame, and that was that. Yep, yep. I mean, like, and there are some larger shows. WonderCon, for example. Baltimore is more of like a trade show. But like, yeah, the big three to, to attend are those. And so we're going to see, I mean, based on the the way in which San Diego did this convention and how it's been received and what the numbers are. Because we've I've seen the numbers for some of these videos that they've released of, of their panels, which are not live and pre-recorded. Like, Come on, at least make it live, at least make it fun and, and, and make me feel like I'm part of an exclusive experience. 
that's that's the only reason people go because like it if the you know when they release trailers and then like they drop the trailer a couple seconds later online and it's like why would i go to san diego if i only if i only want to watch trailers because they're just going to release the trailers in high def in my own living room a few minutes later but like People would stop going to San Diego if that were the norm, if that were the majority of people's response. And it's not. People want to go. They want to be part of the experience. And if you're going to make a virtual convention and all you need to do is coordinate schedules, and you can't even do that, you just record all this, all this stuff early, why is it special? Why isn't San Diego just a YouTube channel that just like, like sci-fi wire and just like produce stuff over on a constant year? Like Comic-Con all year, it's free and it never stops. And like no, every, every they week. They tried that. It was Comic-Con HQ and it was horrible. Oh yeah. Well, but they didn't have the pandemic. It lasted like pandemic. six months and they had one show called The Con Man, which was is the Alan Tudyk show, which I really enjoyed. That's right. But it's all they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we reached out to them. We were, we were like, hey, Comic-Con, we're online. And they're like, well, I think we understand how the internet works a little better than the people who make a living off the internet. Uh, and it closed six months later. So like, <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't talk to people from the internet. They did not like use uh, the resources available to them. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's, that's what you get. Comic-Con um, HQ was I, a weird experiment because I didn't see any promotion, any marketing, anything. And then it was lumped into that other thing that was a good idea, but also didn't get any promotion or marketing. I think it was Verve or whatever, where they, they took yeah, all the right. little streaming and they put them all into one big platform and it still didn't gain traction for people. And then they just quietly shut it down. Like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like so many things that we're going to see. I mean, like, you know, DC Universe isn't offering annual memberships anymore. That's a that's a clear sign that they're going to be swallowed up by HBO Max. I still stand by. I think the whole thing was an experiment, and it worked. Yep, I think it did. Right? Yeah, it was a way to produce shows for the CW. That was your theory. Well, and and it worked. And now they got the HBO Max shows. They got those shows. Like I think it was just a way to prove: give these people money, and they'll make the shows that people will watch. And it, I I personally think it worked. I think you're, I mean, like it did, whether it was a conspiracy or whether it was a nefarious scheme to, you know, prove to studio, to the studio that owns them, that they could make their own shows either way. It did work. And it is hopefully uh, the new norm for them because like, yeah, I think people would much rather a doom patrol or a swamp thing versus like legends of tomorrow or like another half-assed arrow show. Yeah, no, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I CW is kind of going in their own direction, creating their own versions and everything. Uh, they really are. Yeah, yeah I, that's. I I wonder if that like because now they're doing a different version of Batwoman, you know, and they're doing the different yep. version of Arrow, and I wonder if that was part of it. Like the CW is like, hey, we got a really good, you know, dare to defy audience. We got the minorities. We've got the the I guess all, every every single one of them. We got all the minorities basically watching our shows. <laughs> they do. I, I mean, yes. I can't think of a group that goes to CW like that isn't getting represented. Right, is what I mean. Like, I can't think of a group that'd be like, "You're not representing me." I mean, we have the LGBTQ community. We have lesbian. Yep. We have trans. We have gay. They're all there. We have yep. black, Asian, Mexican, or Hispanic. My bad. I apologize. Hispanic. I corrected myself quickly. <laughs> you did. I'm just trying to think of these in the in rapid fire, like because I was thinking Cisco. No, it's true. Yeah. Like. Right, like every, everyone is represented seemingly uh, in the DC CW universe. 
And of all of all the things in the CW universe where you like a lot of the times are like, oh, there's so much representation, white people are gone. Like, no, the, the main people are still white. So like everybody has representation here. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's but it's its own thing. Yeah. And has no bearing on the movies, the comics. Uh, like, actually, Basil's it, got it. There's no Native Americans as far as I can remember. They gotta Well, that's a sin. Yeah, they gotta they gotta fill that gap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of DC characters. I'm not just thinking of Apache Chief, who are Native American and could and could be cool. But listen, you know what? I'm not knocking Apache Chief. He's dope. I loved the safe. Like not thinking of Apache Chief. Yeah, but you know what? He's dope. He he gets really big. He can kick ass. He can turn it to animals. I'm down. Like I'll watch an Apache Chief show. <laughs> nice save. Nice save. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they, they have... It's not like they have to make up a character. Yeah. DC has characters. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I hope this isn't... I mean, like, we, we... I think we will be looking back and being like, remember the golden age when we were, like, thriving as YouTube channels and we could go to a convention every single month anywhere oh, yeah, no, in the, the whole continental United States? The best time in my life ever was, like, five years ago. Now I just sit in a cave in my basement playing Destiny all day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which you know what isn't bad i'm kind of enjoying it <laughs> yeah no complaints it's not a cave with no lights or heat or electricity oh, it's it, yeah, it's a house that you live in i just you don't own. turn these like, on unless we're on a show <laughs> well sure <laughs> that's right I, i've been there he does not i live off the illumination um, of my screens <laughs> it, it's very true it's it's hard Look it's hard how to pale put your shoes I on am. <laughs> yeah your skin's getting a nice healthy opaqueness uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I think that we will, I think this is a good, a good indication that like conventions are going to start shrinking again. I think it was needed. I wish it wasn't because of this. I wish it Me was too. because of more situations like, uh, the Pennsylvania one we went to Philadelphia comic-con where yes. there's just so many and they're so stacked that that was the reason where it's just, yeah, that was, that it was all wizard world's fault. Yeah. Like you made them all homogenized and it was, un, it was indistinguishable. The one in Richmond was the same as Philly was the same as Columbus. Like it's all the same convention. Oh no, 100%. No. Like all the Paxes, if you go to the Paxes, other than the hall looking different, they will literally look the same. And we also got to a yep. point where Marvel DC Valiant, how many, the Valley booth is the exact same booth, the big booth with the big banners. And they're always in the middle. The Marvel yep. booth is always the big red Marvel letters. They're always out in the middle of nowhere. Like everything is literally the same because what it used to be is there'd be one big convention. So they would all make new stuff for one convention. But when you're trying to go to one every three months, you just have the, the road team and you just disassemble, reassemble, go. That's what you do. Yeah. Like that's it. Right. Uh, it's funny to see who bothers to go to what conventions also yeah. nowadays. Like uh, when we were at Denver, uh, I think Dark Horse was there, but like nobody else was. Valiant. <laughs> it was like Valiant, was, Valiant there. was there too, but uh, but Valiant doesn't go to every show and can't afford to. No, it got, like, it, <laughs> it's gotten to the point where you, nobody does it anymore. Like DC and Marvel stopped going to every show. Uh, that's the thing is it's not cost effective to go to every show. No, in DC, I mean every year for and Marvel since we've been going to New York Comic Con, which has been like six years, has been the exact same booth in the exact yes. same location with the exact same setup every year. Every year I am so shocked with, with respect to New York Comic Con that like the Marvel booth is always packed. I'm like, what are they telling you? Like there is nothing here that is worth standing oh. in this area. That's the worst shoulder part to shoulder. Of, every time you go to the Marvel booth, and it's been like this for six years, there's an yep. app game on the right. It was Conned as the Champions, <laughs> then it was Strike Force, then it was Future Fight. It's it's all yep. I play them all. But <laughs> 
He knows I do. <laughs> I do, I do. Um, That's why you know they're there at, they're at those booths. You have to go there and be like, hey, I'm Betty the Comic Store and I play your video games. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like the free character you're giving away. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, there's always there. There's always the Marvel art in the back of it. And then there's always the giant stage with nothing on it. Until they're yep. doing like some MCU minor announcement. They never do a big announcement. They'll get some nope. actor who happens to be in New York at that exact moment to come on stage and be like, hey guys, I'm in a movie. <laughs> you know how many times I've seen at the booth where they go, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> at least four. It's the new Ghost Rider. What show are we at where they were revealing the car? Oh man! You know the one I'm talking about? Because we walked been, past it, we were like, "I no wasn't car. Oh, I didn't go to C2E2, so it was probably that one. They were they were they were doing a, an Agents of Shield panel, and there was a car with a tarp on it in the front of it, and everyone's like, "Oh, the rumors are true! It's the Charger!" <laughs> right, and admittedly, that's pretty cool. But like at the at that booth, it's just it's just a mess, and it's a nightmare, and it's always like the, at the end of two other areas. So you got cross traffic plus the people who are just camped out there, and then they have the audacity to go like, "Hey, some of the top writers at Marvel are going to be doing a signing at the Marvel booth." Yeah, and it's like, but there's already ten thousand people stacked on top of each other in the way. I would like to meet this person and have them sign a comic book, please. You know who always does it's it just best? impossible to get to them. Image. Image is always at the best setup for signings because they have a booth yes. that is conveniently on, on four ways of traffic. And it's, it's all complete circuit square. And it's all flow, flow, uh, throughway traffic, flow, flow traffic, yes. basically. So when they right. do a signing, it's very easy for them to go, the writer's here, line is going here on our booth, and that's that. And Yep. Yeah, writer's here, you're here. You go around the booth and get to the writer or artist. Yeah. And it was, yeah, that's, that, unless it's caught Todd McFarlane, in which case, you're not going to get it. <laughs> it's a raffle, you're just, you're not going to get in. I'm sorry. It, or, or I've tried Robert three Kirkman. times in a, or Robert Kirkman. By the way, really quick con story. Uh, back when I thought that if you filmed interviews with comic book creators, it would grow your YouTube channel. Um, I went to Baltimore Comic Con one of the first years and I was just talking to random people. And I could have talked to Robert Kirkman, but I wanted to go home instead. <laughs> you they were like, like a zombie book that'll never catch on. <laughs> it was literally I was like, I go, oh God, I was like, I don't care about werewolf or the, or haunt or haunt, so I'm leaving. And that was it. And and he was just like standing there. He's just like, Okay, I'll see you later. I'm like, bye. <laughs> So Oops. back to our talk. So I think we've already kind of wrapped it around, but I, I, I'm curious what San Diego is going to look like next year. Cause this COVID yeah. mess is supposed to be kind of wrapping up after winter that they say right. like by April, June. Now I know we're, we, we, they have a vaccine in the works right now and they're doing human tri trials. We might end yep. up sooner, but the current get go was everything after next April is currently on the docket and being slated and being planned. So I'm that's my mentality. Yeah, so I'm, one, is my I'm wondering what is going to happen next year. Do you have any theories? I, I think it's going to be the first year for San Diego to not be the big show. Because mm. you're going to have D23. We're going to have, like, this year you could easily chalk it up to they, they just wanted to do something, but it's still COVID. Yep. So right. Um, next year is going to be the big test if they can do a show without the big Marvel presence and the big DC presence. And also, to follow that up, Will DC and Marvel actually make a presence even if they're not doing big announcements? Because they showed up to a, a Skype call here, but how much effort does that take? 
CB Stavowski, what it, are you doing right now? Literally nothing because you're stuck at home. <laughs> what's frustrating is when it's like it takes no effort and they still didn't do it. And you're like, hello, just just talk about it. Do a show. You don't, you don't, don't even have to announce things. Why didn't they just go, so here's what we're doing in death metal right now. We literally, like, right. we had Scott Sanders yeah, talking about it on our channels, but you can't, Comic-Con can't get them out there to talk about it for five seconds? Right, Comic-Con couldn't, I mean, like, literally that's what panels are for. It's just a group of artists and or writers to talk about the thing that they're working on. A, a death metal panel would have just been, hey, we got Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, uh, yeah. the editor of the book, and, like, let's say two other people working on side books. You know, and moderated by anyone, like Grant Morrison, because he's just sitting at home. You know, you could literally get anyone to moderate yeah. it, and that, it would be well trafficked. That, that either says that the DC is that unrela un unrelenting of what they want to have on there, or San Diego yep. doesn't know how to reach out, or Scott Satter just likes us a lot more than them. <laughs> uh, I think it's some blend there, there of, the, of the two. I, I think they're just completely out of touch. I think, I think it's just that they don't know, like, what would work, and they don't have the ideas, and by the time they do get the ideas, they're like, well, we're starting next week. There's no yeah. time. But there is time! Like, like, right. Now, the thing is, this, it's a Zoom call. Let me ask you this. You could do it tomorrow. I like, if San Diego were to reach out to you today, they're like, hey, right. we had a cancellation tomorrow. Would you and the comic story and guy be up for doing some stuff? Would you be like, nah, right. I'm good. That's too short notice. It's just, <laughs> right. I'd just be like, I'd be like, done. And then I'll just call you and we'll work it out. Yeah. If I can't even hear, if I don't even hear from you that day, I'll just call you relentlessly until the next morning where you're like, what did you need? Dude. In three hours, we have a panel for the for San Diego Comic Con. Oh man, I I, I can't do it. I got to stream Destiny. <laughs> right? It's like okay. Well, then I guess I'll call anyone, and yeah. they'll say yes. Because like, yeah, of course. I my concern I, I, is you that know, like you know, it'd be the hilarious thing ever yeah. though. I like for whatever reason, my phone is off for the night, and I wake up to the three hundred right. text messages. Where the fuck are you? Answer your phone, San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of garbled messes and. <laughs> Yep. No, I think I'd tweet at you or I'd tell your audience, like, you need to contact Benny. Like, just, just <laughs> fill his feed. Um, I'd, I'd leave comments on your videos. Benny, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd launch a video at the first comment. Benny, it's Sal. I'm going to talk to you about something really, really important. You're not answering your phone. <laughs> when was this? Three hours ago. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it's not hard to do. Um, my... My concern is, like, let's say that, like, Sony and every other company who normally spends a boatload of money on San Diego looks at their bottom line next year, and they go, you know, we, we don't need to go to San Diego. And so San Diego becomes, like, so San Diego goes, well, we can't afford to, like, rent the convention center because... Marvel because because Disney and Warner Brothers and Sony and like every other major like Microsoft don't want to pay to rent the space so like San Diego Comic-Con is going to be like regresses into like what it was 50, 20 years ago right should be kind of neat um kind of I yeah, kind of want know. them all to go back to the just like grassroots I can buy comics <laughs> yeah there's one merchant at San Diego and like you know I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're doing it anymore it's just it's weird. It, it, it's very weird. I think that we may see a a, re, a recession of comic cons, and what we're, what's really going to be the big indication is New York, because like, if a vaccine is available, September thirtieth, it won't be. But if it were, even, even if reality, the trials go well, it won't be in mass production. That, that's the nope. Even if this trial goes well and we we break all records and get the vaccine out fast, which 
is possible, slim chance, but possible. It's just it won't right. be it won't be as massive. It won't be out as much for us to do anything with. No, you. that's all. Yeah, New York is going to be hit real hard by this um, because New York might because Cuomo might just be like no. <laughs> I would say, nope, no convention. I don't care who's ready or who or what precautions you've taken. You just can't have one. Right. Um, but New York's New York and Reed, the company that owns New York, like uh, their response and like reaction to this is going to be the big indicator, I think, because like New York is the next huge show, and they have made no effort to telegraph what they're going to do. Well, I think they're they're in a holding pattern. I'm just mean, waiting. Yeah. They're hoping that beyond they're hoping that at the last second we're yeah. gonna get the cure and it's gonna be given out to New York and it's gonna be great. That's what they're right. hoping for. Yeah. But even then it's not that's not safe. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the problem. You can't even get people to wear a mask. You're gonna get them to go get the vaccine. I know people that don't get the flu vaccine. I'll, I'll, I know. I'll be fine. It's okay. Like <laughs> I know the same thing. I will say, um, at New York, New York Comic Con versus any other Comic Con, I could guarantee that the people guarding the door will be like, "You can't come in without a mask," and there will be people like, like, plain clothes officers wandering the convention, being like, "You're not wearing a mask. Get the hell out of here." I can see that. Like, <laughs> by the way, I don't, I don't want to wear a mask at a Comic Con. Like, why not? You know what I mean? Well, because, yeah. you know, be, because it's already, there's already 10,000 people on top of me. Like, I'd rather everything be back to normal before I did that. No, like, that, just, that I, I agree with. I just won't go. If New York happens, I don't think I'll be there. You and I were heavily no. debating what to do when Emerald City was, event- was actually going to happen at the end of August. Thank God we didn't, by the way. Agree to go or? Yeah, go, because... Like it was the ep- it was one of the epicenters. Of oh, the, oh yeah, of the I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay, I mean, you meant like the one in March. Good, thank God we didn't go. To yeah, yeah. I thought you meant yeah, like yeah, the yeah, one no. in August. Like they canceled. South. I told you this. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't choose not to go to the one in August. It just didn't happen. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we were like, oh, uh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was that was hair raising. That was a thing that happened. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I think that's pretty much but it for the show. Our special San Diego so. show. Wasn't as much yeah. news. So for those who are wondering, Sal and I like to do the show when there are topics to talk about. I know a lot of you would just... <laughs> no, I, I, I know a lot of you would hang around and just watch me and Sal BS about the industry and everything like that. But we prefer... Like, when we look at doing this podcast, we look at it as being a show for you. Meaning that there should be some main topic. There should be something we're discussing. It shouldn't ever yes. be... So how was your week, Sal? It should be, here's what's happening. And the pandemic and the COVID, when we take the days off, we both have a lot of other things going on. It's we take it off because we're like, hey, I got a lot of things going on and there's nothing to talk about. So we're not going to make a good show. So Right, right. And so, you know, I, I, think we, I think we squeezed some blood from this stone. We got some real uh, conversation out of like the fact that San Diego was pretty trim. Yeah. And... But the other thing is, and this is my closing thoughts on it. I'm going to do one thing I before, think, as you do your closing I'm going to Google this, but you said DC okay. Comics is having a show right now at San Diego, so. I heard that, yeah, yeah, yeah. see if they were announcing Yeah, is there anything interesting, like, coming from that? Because, um, yeah. Oh, are we going to cut this? Is this- <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you said your closing thoughts. Oh, I said, while, my, my, my closing. Yeah, oh, while you do my, your closing my, thoughts, I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, my closing thoughts on that matter are. You know, this year, obviously, it understandably, very trim, very slim, uh, not a lot going on. 
But I don't remember there being a lot going on last year either. And Marvel like, pulled out over- and DC didn't only had Joker related stuff. And so I'm thinking like maybe this was inevitable and this pandemic hastened San Diego's decline by like three San Diego Comic-Cons. You know, like three San Diego Comic-Cons from now, it would be as bad as it is this year. Right. Uh, But now that it is here, I don't think we're going to claw our way back. I think it's going to be pretty bad. I feel like this was inevitable because when you're in a day and age where you can have a convention every other week and people will go and you'll make money, why would the big ones not do this themselves? Right. Why do you think you never see Disney at an expo? expo? Because they realize if they just do one big Disney show – they bring in their fan base. I, I feel like this was inevitable that we're now breaking off. Like, even in the gaming sphere, we have the Microsoft show, which just happened. In Halo Infinite would look amazing. But we also have the Sony show at the end of the year. You know? And, the, yeah. and I feel like the inevitable was that Marvel would either go to D23 or have a Marvel con. And that yeah. DC would come up with something of their own. The fandom. Yep. I wonder if the, fa- I wonder if the, the fandom is going to be like an actual convention next year. I think it depends. I think it depends on like how much it costs. And it, it, here's the thing: like, it, it needs to be a perfect storm, right? Because the fandom, like you saw their outline, uh, they have like a little graphic that shows you like a, a pictorial representation of what the virtual con would be like, and like you can go to this room or this room. Yeah. But but I I could see them going like if it's if it was if it was easier to coordinate all these different moving fat like arms of this conglomerate under the DC banner. If it was easier to coordinate everybody than they expected and they see the writing on the wall and San Diego is like diminished and New York is diminished and like, you know, a third of the conventions that normally, you know, span the country close or reduce, then I could definitely see DC being like, yeah, we're going to do our own. The fandom is going to be and they could do fandom east, fandom west. Like I could see them very much doing that. I mean, I could, too. But, all right, absolutely. Let's close up our thoughts on this. Uh, Sal, it's been a blast. Uh, everyone who's watching hey, this on yeah. the Comic Story on Channel, post this. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget, Absolute Comics is the show that we air every Tuesday over at our po- Comic Story Podcast Network, twitch.tv slash Comic Story. Also gets uploaded to a separate channel so that if you just want all the podcast related stuff that you're and you don't want to go to our Patreons, which is how you get this content faster. If you want to support it, it's Twitch, it's Patreon. It's then uh, over on the YouTube side, and you can go to our sponsors, of which today is go check out the Sandman Audible thing. I told you about it in the middle of today's episode. Um, yeah, I, I don't really do anything else. This, Yeah, it feels like we've, we pretty much uh, we pretty much nailed it, man. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Let's end our recordings. <laughs>